0: Okay, let's go ahead and we'll go to second uh, Peter 1. We're going to go to the first chapter. And we're going to start in verse 3. We know God wants us to grow in grace. So 2 Peter 1 and verse 3 says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life, And godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Beside all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Let's pray together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, You bless now as I preach. God, please help us as we study your word. Please change us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts. Lord, if someone is here today and they've never trusted you as their savior they've never made that personal decision i pray that today would be the day of their salvation make it very real i pray god for those of us who are saved that we would see in the areas in which you want us to grow in grace we love you in jesus name i pray amen we're gonna start in verse number five it says, besides all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Now, we're going to look at the areas areas to grow in grace. Now, I think my laptop's going to die here in just a minute, so that's just the only slide we're going to use. It's fine. Um, where does God want me to grow? If we were to identify the areas that he wants us to grow What would it look like? This is a big book. Coming to church week after week, okay? Uh, Listening to podcasts, reading your Bible. It can seem as if it's endless. And in a way it is. But if we were to look at growing in grace, where does God want us to grow? In what areas? And he gives us these areas. Thankfully, he gives us these areas and they're a generalized thing, but we're gonna kind of look at these different topics, okay? We're gonna try to get them all done. There's eight of them. And uh, so we gotta understand, even if we spent five minutes on each one, that's 40 minutes, then plus the introduction. And, and so we're, we may not get through all of them today, but we don't wanna go through them so quick we don't really learn anything. We don't wanna go so slow that we get bogged down, all right? So we're just gonna start. But these are the areas that God wants us to grow in. I want us to notice in verse number five, it said, beside this, giving all diligence, we'll come to that in just a moment, but it says add, right? So this is where it begins. Okay? Add to your faith. Where does it start? What where does growth start? Growth starts with your faith. Growth starts to your faith. Spiritual growth begins with faith. We look at changes in our lives. Okay? Changes in our lives begin with faith. Now, I want you to notice in verse number three, look at verse number three with me. Second Peter 1 and verse three says, according has his divine power hath given unto us all things all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We need to understand that when we read God's word, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When we read God's word, we see a lot of history. We see a lot of culture, right? We see a lot of culture throughout the years, okay? Many, many hundreds of years of culture are in here. Many, many hundreds of years of of world history in that particular area of the world is in here. Okay, we see descriptions of food, we see descriptions of, of of culture, we see descriptions of a lot of different things. We need to understand in what areas does God want us to grow. God wants us to grow according to His Word, and uh, in in the areas of life and godliness. He wants us to be godly people. He wants Christianity to change our life. We all come from different cultures. Most of us come from different cultures. Most of us have different food. We have different histories. We have different backgrounds. That's fine. God's not necessarily trying to make us homogenous, right? He's not trying to make us all exactly the same. For example, he's he's not trying to make us all white Canadians. I'm not a white Canadian. I'm white But I have dual citizenship. I grew up in the States most of my life. Okay? So we need to understand that when we're reading the Bible, he's not trying to change us into uh, throwing away certain things from our culture, our background, uh, food choices, whatever. He is trying to change the things of life and godliness, specifically the life choices that we're making. So when we're looking at what does God want to change in our life, that's what he's talking about, this list Sometimes we can have fears about God wants to change me and I think he's going to change me to be like this person I knew in my past that was a Christian, but maybe they weren't nice or maybe they did this or maybe they did that or maybe it's just something in our mind, right? We need to understand that God wants to grow us into being an individual, but he wants to grow certain things in our life and certain areas of our life. That helps me. Right. That's good. But it starts with faith. We have to have an individual faith. We have to have a faith that is my faith. It's not a family faith. Notice in John chapter three. John chapter three. We have to have an individual saving faith. And that is the beginning of spiritual growth. That is the foundation of growth. We have to have the new birth. We have to be saved. We have to trust Christ for ourself. John 3 verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, okay, that word Rabbi means teacher, religious teacher, right? Just like in Judaism nowadays, their teachers are called rabbis, their leaders. We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. John answered and said unto him, Jesus answered, sorry, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, or truly, truly, are absolutely true. Listen up, this is absolutely the truth here. Okay, he's emphasizing it. Some languages emphasize things by repeating the word over and over again. Okay, and this is one example of that. I say unto thee, except a man or an individual be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We have to have spiritual Birth, in order to grow spiritually. We have to have spiritual birth, the second birth, being born again. That is a choice. Now, this man was religious. In verse one, it describes him as a Pharisee. The most religious person in Israel at the time was a group of of men called Pharisees. They had a, a competition, another political party, religious, that was Sadducees, right? So in the New Testament, and you read these groups, they were so religious, they had so many rules for themselves. But notice for Jesus, these rules were not good enough. Religious rules for ourselves are not good enough. Okay? Uh, notice also, Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, this man, okay, and many Jews at that time, and perhaps today, feel as if they're already close to God because of their ethnicity. They're born into this kind of a family. They're born with this type of a background. They're born into this kind of religion. So there's not really anything necessary that they must do or because there's nothing separating between them and God. But Jesus teaches this man here, you have to be born again. If we're going to grow in grace, we have to be born again. Christianity is not going to make sense to you. Christianity is not going to help you if you have not been born again. You have to make that choice. It is a choice that we make in the deepest part of us where we choose to trust what Jesus did on the cross. We're trusting what he did, but more importantly, we're trusting who he is. We're trusting Christ and Christ alone to take away our sin and take us to heaven and give us that spiritual birth. Some people say getting saved. Some people use the word salvation. Some people in the Bible, it uses all of these words. It uses the word believe in the sense of saving faith, trusting Christ, okay? All of these mean the same thing. Eternal life, everlasting life. Some people say this, I gave my heart to Jesus. That's kind of a modern day, uh, more of a modern terminology of getting saved. But it's an experience, it's something that you are choosing to do. It's not something that happens to you. It's not something you're naturally born into. It's something that you have to choose. Add to your faith. What kind of faith? Saving faith. Again, uh, John three sixteen, very famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Look at verse number 18 with me. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. They're not condemned because of their ethnicity. They're not condemned because of their family. They're not condemned because of their background. They're not condemned because they have the wrong religion. It has nothing to do with that. They're condemned because they are sinners and they've never come to Christ to receive eternal life. Okay. Modern day thinking says, how can you be so prideful and so disrespectful to other religions and say they are not equally as valid as Christianity. Okay. My question is this. Do other religions have the proof of Christ's resurrection? Has any of their gods or goddesses been resurrected from the dead. And shown it to hundreds of people afterwards. And has been documented in secular sources from that time. No. Okay. every You don't take every pill. To cure a disease or to cure an illness you take a specific one to to cure a specific illness and so when we're talking about spiritual growth we start with new birth how do i get the new birth how do i get eternal life one there's one answer jesus christ is the answer if you don't believe that you're not a christian if you don't believe that you're not a christian Well, I was born into a Christian family. That's okay. That's good. That probably makes you a nice person, but it doesn't make you born again. Again, Jesus is speaking here to Nicodemus. And he's saying, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again, buddy. And he takes the time to explain all of that. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. This is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. People hear about Christ. They hear about the truth of God's word and they, and they turn away from it. Why? Because there are, they, they love to do some, they love to have some kind of pleasure. They love to have some kind of a, a lifestyle. They want to do something that they want to do and here's the thing. When you get saved, it changes your life. Not everything is fixed, meaning you're not perfect. Growth is what's expected, okay? But if you have eternal life inside of you, God says you are a new creature in Christ. You're a different person. There's a new birth inside of you. You have been born again. You are spiritually re- reborn. And that's why, in Peter when he's explaining growing in grace, he starts with being saved by grace first. He starts with saving faith. Okay, We're going to get into some of these other points, other some of these other topics. And that's where we feel like, oh, I struggle with that or I struggle with that or I struggle with that. I need to grow in that area. I wish I could change in that area. I wish I was different in that area. Okay. And we can, we can grow in these areas, but first we have to come to the realization. I need Jesus. I need, I don't need religion. I don't need to try to change myself. I need to come to him and say, I believe in you. I cannot save myself. Okay. Many of you in this room have that testimony. I got saved when I was 16. I grew up in church my whole life. I knew the Bible, just like my kiddos and a lot of the kiddos in this church, uh, very familiar with Bible things. I knew about salvation. I knew about Jesus, but I never truly accepted Christ until I was almost 17 years old. There was so much about church that I knew in my mind, but it didn't really make sense to me in my heart. When you get saved, it's like all of a sudden now you can understand the language, the spiritual language of the Bible, the spiritual language of God. It starts to make sense. You have to be born again. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Jesus said in John 6 and 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Okay, so let's go back to second Peter, Second Peter chapter five. Second Peter 5. Sorry, Second Peter five. Second Peter one and verse five. <laughs> one, five. There we go. There is no chapter five. Okay, here we go. We're good. Same page. 2 Peter 1, verse 5. Besides all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So it starts with faith. We have to have the foundation of faith. That's where it starts, okay? So we have faith now. We trusted Christ as our Savior, okay? And then we go back one more word. We go to the diligence part. This is why so many Christians don't grow. They're trying to add these different things that the Bible says And they say, I know I'm saved. They have a good testimony of salvation. They remember when they trusted Christ. They're convinced that they have the new birth. They know they're going to heaven when they die. But it seems like, oh man, I just, I don't seem to be able to grow. Remember, change for the Christian occurs through growth. It occurs through growth. It doesn't change right away. God changes us on the inside right away when we get saved. But we have to learn and we have to have this knowledge from God's word. And God uses that in our life to to start making different choices and different priorities and different things. And that's how our life begins to change. It's through a growth process. Listen, we need to have a growth mindset when it comes to Christianity. Okay. We need to have a growth mindset. We are here to grow. We're here to grow. We're here to grow spiritually. But we have to first we have to recognize, okay, I have to be saved. And then it says giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. Now this is interesting. What is diligence? Now we can all probably come up with a pretty good definition of what diligence is. If we look at the word diligence, it means haste, earnestness, okay? To interest oneself most earnestly. It means, listen to this, steady application. Steady application. It means constant effort. If I try to grow in grace and I'm only giving it a little bit of effort once a week, Am I going to grow very much? I'm not. Okay? So if I give more diligence, now we, we, we understand this. We tell, we tell kids, and, and, uh, and I had a neighbor, there was a neighbor of ours who was telling Marcus, my son, right? Um, What's your favorite subject in school? Marcus said math, which praise the Lord for math people. That's not my favorite, right? But he likes it, and he's good at it right now in grade two. All right? And so what'd she tell him? Study hard. We understand that in order to grow in anything in your life, guys, can we agree that some things in life come easy? And maybe for different people in this room, different parts of Christianity might seem to come a little bit easier. For some people, we're gonna get into add add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge, and it goes on with the list. Let's just say the knowledge one. We understand adding knowledge. Okay. We don't naturally know what the right thing to do is. We have to learn about it. We have to learn. What does the Bible say? Explain this. I'm going to listen to teaching. I'm going to go to classes. I'm going to read. I'm going to try to understand it. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to gain some knowledge about this topic. And for some people, they just have this, they naturally have this hunger in Christianity, but perhaps also in other areas of life. If you get into something, How many of you are the type? If you get into something, you read as many books as you can, you watch all the YouTube tutorials, podcasts. You want to buy all the gear. You read all the reviews, right? And 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 so in Christianity, there's going to be certain things where it may come a little bit easier for you. In some cases, it's just the background, right? If you're the kind of person that's grown up with a church background. The part about adding to your knowledge, you're gonna have that foundation of knowledge there a little bit at least and different for different people, okay? But we've got to understand that one of the foundational things we need in order to grow is diligence. What is diligence? Steady application. Steady application. Oh, pastor, I, I really struggle with that. We all do to a degree. We, if we're the type of person where we do things when we feel like it and we're steady when we feel like it, then maybe it's okay. But then other times we don't feel like it. And then it's like, oh man, this is really hard and I don't feel like it. So I'm not going to do it. And we wonder why aren't I growing? Well, we've got to have that steady application. Um, I know some of you guys, and we've got some, some, People that are really into health and fitness, and everybody is to a little bit, right? Toronto's a healthy city. We just went to the states. Some of those cities are not healthy cities. Um, but we know, look, if you're going to be healthy, you can't just eat something healthy once a week for one meal a week, right? How many? You know what? I had my, I had that salad, or I had that healthy. I had that healthy meal on Monday, Monday evening, and so I'm good. I had my, And so I'm healthy now. Well, that's a good step. But if you really want to improve your health, right, you can't just do like a quick little uh, seven-minute workout and eat a healthy salad and then once a week and say, I'm good. Now, maybe for that person, that's a big step. Maybe they hate salad and they hate working out. And for them, a seven-minute workout, uh, you know, once a week, and, and eating something healthy once a week is a huge step. But you're going to say what? If you want to progress, if you want to grow, you've got to grow in your diligence. Okay, you you've got to you've got to stop going to Tim's and eating all the Timbits. You guys have got to help me. I need a chuckle, a laugh. You're still staring at me. Okay, that's the way it's going to be today. I got it. Yeah, you guys, you, you guys help me out would you right we understand that okay we've got to work at it if we're going to grow in something then we've got to work at it and so he's saying here if you are going to grow spiritually you're going to have to be diligent you have to give steady application you have to give steady application the bible says in proverbs 4:23 keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life, okay? Now, I wanna show you something in 2 Peter 1 and verse number four, okay? Now, again, we're taking some time. I I described this a couple weeks ago as being like multivitamins. There's so much packed into these verses. And so we've gotta take the time to kind of take a look at it. You say, well, pastor... I know I'm supposed to be diligent, but, how do, but I struggle in that area. And we all do, to a degree. How do we grow in diligence? That's the question. I want to be more diligent. I want to be more steady. But how do I become more steady if I struggle with steadiness? And it becomes like this circle where, oh man, I need to be more steady to grow. But <clears throat> I, I struggle with being steady and I try to make myself, but I can't make myself Sound familiar? Are we there? Do we understand that? Okay, guys, here's the thing. There's can, can I give you some good news? I like good news. Because if you're like me, it's like you come before the Lord and you look at what's in the Bible and you're thinking, I can't do that. I've tried. I've tried to be a good Christian. I've tried to be steady. How do we grow in our steadiness? How do we grow in our steadiness? Listen, Your growth does not depend upon you. What does our verse say? Grow in grace. grace. Grow in grace. So grace is there to help us. Okay, where does the grace come from? How do we grow in our steadiness? How do we grow in our diligence? I'm gonna show you two things. It says in verse number four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Stop. Where do we get the diligence? And when we go through these other things, knowledge, temperance, patience, and all the rest, this is foundational to growth. This works if you've been saved for 50 million years. That's not a real thing. You've been saved for a really long time. Or it's, it works if you've been saved for just a couple of days. This is the formula for every Christian. How do we become a partaker of the divine nature. Divine meaning the heavenly nature. That second nature. The Bible says you must be born again. So inside I've been reborn. I've got a new spirit inside. Jesus has saved my heart. He saved my spirit. I've got a whole new set of desires. One of the things that you know that you're saved is that you are hungry for god's word you're hungry for someone to teach you you're hungry for christian fellowship you're hungry to sing the songs that christians sing you're hungry to praise the lord and connect with god you're hungry that's the divine nature that desire inside of you is the divine nature there is a desire now to run away from sin before you were saved you didn't have that same desire there is a new desire in your heart to run away from the old life, to run away from the old desires. You feel, look, it's not just that you feel a little bit guilty. You feel terrible when you fail and when you make the wrong choice. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you that is convicting you and telling you, no, no, that's, there's, listen, there is God himself in your spirit that is Not dragging you, but pushing you and wanting you to come over to this side of the divine nature, the heavenly nature, the Christian nature, that new birth. There's something inside of you that's pulling you over to this side. But we also have the flesh. We know the flesh. What's the flesh? The flesh, the Bible describes, is the old nature, the old man. Okay, now let me just go ahead and say this. The older that we are before we get saved and the more sin that we have done, you potentially will have more of the past to overcome. But God's grace is sufficient to overcome anything that you've done in your past Old desires, for example, if someone has never really gotten into drinking, they're not going to desire to go back to drink. They've never done it. Do we understand that? Okay. If, if someone has never really gotten into an illicit lifestyle where they're just kind of just sleeping around and they're just being really lustful, if they've never really done that, okay, then when they get saved, they're not necessarily going to have that same uh, background of uh, in their mind and in their flesh to drag them back to that lifestyle because they've never done it. And so on and so forth. Okay, we can go through a long list of things. So we've got to understand, we've got a divine nature now. And we've got a, we have a carnal nature. We still have both. We have a competing nature. We've got, but we've got a choice to make. If I'm going to grow in grace, if I'm going to grow in this new nature... I have got to feed it. You're not naturally going to have the power to do the right thing. I'm saved now. And there's something inside of me that, for example, you guys are here, so this is easy. There's something inside of me that wants to go to church. Good. That is that is supernatural. That's a part of the new nature. You want to be here. You want to listen to preaching and teaching that helps you understand spiritual truths. Listen, let me tell you something. There are sometimes I listen to some of these guys on TV or some of these super famous podcaster, teacher, preacher types, and man, they make you feel good. But it's like eating a bunch of candy. It's like, man, give give me some truth. I want something that is just really hearty something that can help me to grow now I don't look I'm not interested in just something that makes me feel good I want to know some good truth the bible talks about in the book of Hebrews how there is milk right there's the kind of the really simple basics for believers but then also it's described as strong meat where there is Kind of thicker doctrinal truth that takes a bit more maturity and a bit more study for you to get into. Listen, our divine nature craves both of those things. And just because I am saved, I have faith and I want to add and grow and I've got to give diligence. But hold on. I struggle with diligence. So, how do I feed my diligence? It all comes back to God's word. You are never going to be the Christian that God wants you to be. You're never going to live in victory. You're never going to grow if we do not dig into this. You say, but oh, pastor, I don't understand how from those verses the Bible says that just god's word itself can change my desires let's look at two verses ah let me tell you something the more you grow in grace the more you fall in love with god's word go into a church just to make you feel good and we should and it's okay to come and feel good we see fellowship we enjoy the singing it's fantastic But what happens when you walk out of the door and all of a sudden now, Monday morning? ah. Yeah, amen. I see the looks on your faces. Help us, Pastor. Well, help us, Lord. What do I do? We need to be diligent. I don't want to. I don't want to be diligent. We've got to discipline ourselves to just go to the Bible. Just open it up. Now, with all of the apps and all of the different things, you can just have, you can wake up to somebody reading the Bible to you. Wow! You imagine people back in the day, they would have loved that. It comes back to God's Word. God's word, these precious promises have given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything that you need to grow is right here. Everything is right here. Hebrews chapter four. Look with me in Hebrews four. What do we find when we come to God's word? Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Pastor, I don't feel like reading my Bible. Look, make yourself read it and then you'll feel like it. Amen? Well, but I, I don't I I can't. You can. Stop telling yourself that you can't. You can. Find a way to do it. Before I look at, look, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands or signify in any way. How many of you, as soon as you wake up in the morning, turn over and grab your device and go straight to Facebook? First thing you do, or Instagram, or TikTok, or whatever your thing is. As soon as you you turn over, you, you, you grab and you turn on the radio. Does anybody listen to the radio? Maybe if you drive. You turn over and you flip on the TV, the news, help us all, if that's what you turn on. Something else really bad has just happened somewhere in the world. That's the first thing you hear. Hey, if I can do that, with God's help, if I pray, I can say, God, you know what? I'm going to, before I turn and find out what's going on in the world, I'm going to turn on my app. And I'm just, as I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to listen. You don't have to read I'm just going to listen to God's word. I'm just going to listen to it. When I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to turn the volume up or I'm going to put in my little buds. Huh? We can. It's here. It's right there. And here's the thing. God's word for the new man is the nutrition. This is nutrition. This is vitamins. This is nutrition. This is everything that we talk about organic and we talk about this, we talk about that and that's all perfect and that's fantastic. Let me tell you something. The pure and holy, incredible word of God will do something for you that nothing else can do. Oh, but pastor, I wish you would do a podcast every day. Let me tell you something. If I came, and this would be creepy, so I'm not gonna do this, but just, just hold on. Just stick with me for a second. If I came and lived in your house, how creepy would this be? But some people think this way. And as soon as you opened up your eyes in the morning, ping! There's pastor with his Bible. <sighs> Please don't. Don't worry, I won't. I just wish I could carry a chunk of church with me. I wish pastor could come and tell me I'm going I've heard I've, now. Nobody said this to me personally, but I've had. But but I've had pastors say, "Pastor, will you call me and 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 do devotions with me every day?" No. Would you call me every day and remind me to do my devotions? No. You've got something better than a pastor. If you're saved, if you're really born again, you have got God Himself sitting inside of your heart. And we've got it so easy. Because historically, if you look way back in the day, they didn't have printed Bibles for many, many hundreds of years. What did they do? They memorized it. They memorized it. Long passages of scripture. If anybody in the Bible was called a a rabbi, a rabbi, did you know that they had to memorize word for word the first five books of the Bible? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They would they would sing and memorize Psalms, the book of Psalms, and New Testament Christians. They would memorize it. They couldn't read it. We get to read it. We get that, we have digital copies. We, we, we can push play. Oh, I can't. I don't want it. I just I can't do it, Pastor. I can't do it. Look 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 look. Here, here's the Christian fainting. Oh, no water. <clears throat> No food, but he's holding it right there in his hand. Holding it right there in your hand. We just gotta gotta open it up. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Now there's so much in this verse, I just wanna focus on the first little phrase. For the word of God is what? Alive. In the King James, because she's looking at this quick. <laughs> I remember I used to have a pastor friend. And he, whenever he would preach, sometimes, it's alive! Right? I mean, he would just be so silly. Of course, it stuck in my head. I don't understand how I can read the Bible and it's going to give me diligence. Look, stop trying to understand it, it's spiritual. And if you're born again, if you're saved, I promise you on the authority of the word of God, if you just say, you know what, I, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready. I'm I'm tired of the fight between trying to fight between the old ways and the old desires. And listen, going back I just, and I want to do right, but it's so hard and it's pulling me back. And then I go to church and I want it. But then Monday, it's awful. And it's just like, let me ask you something. What's your relationship with this here? What's your relationship with this here? Let me show you guys something. I have to turn this back on. I'll show you something on my phone in just a second. Go to Philippians.